Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of ITN. This is episode 129, I think. 129, yes. Uh, title, Mush? Um, are we going with 8 out of 10 goals as a, a tribute to the late Sean Luck? I think we should. It's and a- then we can have the spin-off, 8 out of 10 goals does the countdown to the transfer window closing. Very it's quite good. a long episode title, though, isn't it? It's going to take a long edit, this one, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, a busy week just gone. Two games, two new signings, lots of travel, a cup draw and plenty of drama. All that and much more. Plus, we get to share it with a special guest today. And if that wasn't enough, we also have Tim to discuss our next game after the international break on the 11th of September uh, for the visit of free-scoring West Ham. 
Joining me, as ever, is the charismatic Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Has anyone actually called you charismatic before, Kevin? Um, you just have, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, think uh, that, I don't know where that come from, but yeah. All right. I'll, I'll How thanks are you? for the veiled compliment. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm fine. A little bit hungover. It's a double birthday for both the in-laws yesterday. Um, happy birthday. So, yeah. 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 Happy birthday, Vlad. Um, but yeah, some quite, I, I don't know about wild, but, uh, definitely excessive celebrations yesterday. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a bank holiday weekend over here, so I I had a little bit of a family gathering yesterday, so I'm very hungover this morning. Uh, it's just I definitely can't drink like I used to, or like we used to, because now that we're in the, the twilight of our youth and all that. By the way, Gemma actually called me middle-aged yesterday. That's not doing much for your life expectancy, is it? No, that's, that's awful. I mean, she said I'm on the verge of a midlife crisis because I still wanted to buy a Subaru Impreza. Ah, really? <laughs> Yeah, I, I wanted the, the the Richard Burns like '99 one since I was like 14, and I still want one now. Um, and I think I said I will have it one day, and I told myself back then. But uh, she hates them, and uh... <laughs> I think I had the opposite yesterday. We're having a conversation about uh, a car that I want to buy that um, <laughs> Mrs. doesn't want me to buy, and that's a, a Vaz 3110. I don't even Vol- know what that is. Volga. I can send you a picture of it. But, we should um, do that. Yeah, it's basically um, a Soviet-era banger, but I think it would be a lot of fun. Exactly, it's fun. It's not a midlife crisis at all. But that's more of a a middle-aged man car than my age, so yeah, I'm in the opposite, I suppose. But you're middle-aged, Kev. (laughs) Christ, you think I'm not going to see 70? (laughs) But yeah, anyway, Gemma hates the the Subarus, but um, I I was drunk last night, to to summarise. Copious amounts of black coffee this morning, and and iron brew. but yeah, I'm feeling all right now. I'm, I'm getting there. Um, incidentally, if anyone actually loves the Subaru Impreza, get in touch with me because I think I'm the only one. That's a nice car. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kev. It's good. I like it. Uh, now, we'd like to bring in our special guest. Uh, we personally would like to thank him for his donation to the show. And, you know, he's always a, a valued member on our Discord chat. Uh, he comes from across the pond. He's a Saints fan and also a New York Rangers fan. So that's three, including myself. Uh, there must be more, surely. But anyway, um, a huge welcome to Scott Gorman. Scott, thank you for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I can't believe that uh, I've been listening to you guys like your family for so long. And to actually be a part of it, I'm quite honoured. It's definitely, uh, definitely our honour. But yeah, how are you doing today? I'm recovering from that roller coaster yesterday, but I'm feeling a lot better than I was in the 90th minute. <laughs> yeah, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I, I feel like... That's really a microcosm of the Ralph era, isn't it? I mean, you just you're filled with optimism at times. You you feel like the sky is the limit. There's no way this can go wrong. And then suddenly, you take a gut punch, only to feel better again, only to be brought back to reality. And then in the end, you say, "Yeah, it really could have been a lot worse." Oh, I, I think that that sums up everything this season, apart from the uh, the Everton game, because that was just kind of just never got better after that, did it? But yeah. <laughs> So, firstly, why on earth are you a Saints fan? Because, I mean, I understand that you're a Jets fan as well, and you have nothing but misery with, with the New York Jets and with the New York Rangers. Um, so you, you kind of, like, have a choice at a Premier League club. But why would you inflict more pain and suffering by picking, by picking Saints? It's funny you put it in those terms because I actually feel a bit guilty about the fact that I jumped on the Southampton train back in, 2015, uh, when 
the team was actually riding pretty high. Whereas with all of my other teams, I fell in love with them when they were somewhere between mediocrity and being just God awful. Uh, and it, it, it all started uh, as a joke when a friend of mine says to me back in 2015, oh, right, you know what? I got this, I got the perfect team for you. Uh, and mind you, to this point, I had never followed club soccer at all, much less international football. Uh, there I went and used the term I said I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> Punishment <yeah>. incoming. Uh, <laughs> and, and well deserved. All the preparation right out the window. Uh, yeah, it, so it begins back then when my friend says to me, you, this team is perfect for you. They are uh, hopelessly frugal. So they have these, you know, they'll, they'll find great talent and then they'll let them all get away because uh, they can't pay for them uh, or they don't want to pay for them. So it'll be like your your baseball team. I'm also a Mets fan. Me! Uh, yeah. So he says, so, so you'll be used to that. And uh, also, you know, they're known as the Saints and the fans are always singing when the Saints go marching in. So it touches upon my love of jazz and New Orleans um, so I figured, all right, I'll, I'll play along with this for a while. So I started getting the updates on my phone and, and watching them when they had the occasional game on American television. Oh, it also helped that at the time they had a Portuguese captain, so I'm married to a Portuguese woman. So I figured, all right, this yeah. is kind of meant to be. Uh, and, and then I'm not sure if, uh, if, if you've even seen this, but... NBC does this short documentary with Roger Bennett called The Southampton Way. Uh, as an aside here, for the life of me, I can't find this thing online, but I've seen other Southampton supporters say that this had uh, an impact on them as well. So if anybody can find that thing, I would love to know how to find it because I had DVR'd it and I don't know where it is now. I watched it over <laughs> and over again. And I'm, I'm sitting here swelling with pride over my newfound allegiance to a club from a city that I couldn't find on a map uh, in a country that I've never visited. I'm actually, it, it's at this point that I'm getting kind of obnoxious around the house. Um, so, and I just, I just loved, I thought Ralph really said it well when he said that we like to be the pirate. Like, I just love that attitude. Um, I, for, the, uh, for the life of me, I cannot understand how everyday people can really enjoy pulling for one of these giant, behemoth clubs who play against other giant behemoth clubs. I mean, like, it, um, unless you can really relate to, like, owning Microsoft or Amazon. So you're not a fan just, of the Super League, then? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a I was almost a fan insofar as, like, then I wouldn't have to worry about these clubs anymore. But then, but I need that villain, I think. Yeah, uh, no, I haven't, and I haven't found the person who was a fan of that idea. No, still uh, not. yeah. So then, you know, over time, I just started kind of seeking out more information about Saints, just going down that rabbit hole and tripped over your podcast, uh, as well as the Saints FC podcast. I started listening to these things religiously. Um, and, yeah, I, I have to say, I don't know if – I'm sure I'm not alone in this regard, but uh, folks like like yourselves and, and – yeah, you know, John Bailey and Tom Parker over the Saints FC podcast. I don't know if they're doing that anymore, but uh, and Carl Ang- I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. high ISIS. Mm. Yeah, they seem to be. Uh, but you know, getting the experience of listening to you guys, uh, the emotion that that you 
that you bring. And also, it was a good kind of nuanced discussion that I found it was even more interesting than the sports I had grown up watching. I also have to say, I, I've always loved reading Carl Anka uh, and hearing him on your podcast. Uh, and so it just really kind of made for a really enjoyable experience. Um, yeah, and now I'm probably to the point where you know, I seek out other Premier League fans out here, and I'm, I'd say, as obnoxious with them as I am with fans of uh, other American teams. Love it. Would you say your passion has grown for the club then, or is it lessened now over the, uh, the, the few struggling years since that 2015 season? Oh, my God. It's, it's only grown. In fact, I, it's amazing how in the pantheon of amazing sports moments, that Gabbiadini goal at Swansea, mm. like just, um, I, I, I actually couldn't watch the game at the time, but I was furiously watching on, I was furiously keeping up with the score and, you know, watching the highlights as soon as I could. I remember where I was. Uh, yeah, there was something to that kind of, I, I don't know, maybe it more like it, it, it tied in with uh, my love of teams who are experiencing futility, except in America, we don't have this relegation thing. Uh, and thank God for it, or all of my teams would have been relegated long ago. <laughs> Yeah, that, that Gabbiadini goal kind of has like a, a Stefan Matteau moment about it over here. <laughs> Maybe not to the same extent, but you know what I mean. It's, I'll tell you what, for me, it is, believe it or not, it is up there. Yeah. Um, especially because, I, I, and I've had to learn this over time, you know, the thing about American sports is all of your teams are going to, I mean, they're we could make a joke about teams like the Detroit Lions and in, in football, but just about every team at some point in time, if you follow them long enough, they're going to have a moment where if things break right, they could win a title. And it's been in a bit of an adjustment that, you know, I, all the optimism in the world, I don't think any Norwich supporter believes that they're ever going to win the Premier League, particularly in their lifetimes. Um, but you do have those moments where your team could go down if things don't break right. And so it's, it's, it might not be Meto, but it's pretty darn close to it. What are your highlights and lowlights as a Saints fan? Oh boy. Yeah, the uh, Pellegrino era was pretty much a lowlight. Um, that kind of dashed all optimism. It was, it was sad to see Fonte want to move on. Um, so that, those were the top of my head. Those are the worst. Uh, the Gabby Dini goal, of course, as I mentioned, that was one of the highlights. I, I kind of feel like watching them in Europa was a highlight that I couldn't appreciate at the time. I don't think. I mean, it was amazing for me to like go into a bar and see my team up there playing in, in Europa. But I don't think I could appreciate it as much as I should have. Uh, but actually just, I think the optimism that, that came with 
with Ralph and then, oh, being top of the table. I mean, that was, I, I was insufferable out here. Uh, and, and it's kind of funny, you know, when, when, when a team in New York wins the championship, you expect everybody to go around, you know, with their chest puffed out. Um, I, I was posting on Facebook to my hundreds of friends who have no idea what the heck I'm talking about and absolutely no interest. <laughs> Uh, and yet, uh, internally, I was just absolutely filled with, with joy. And I guess, I guess the, <laughs> watching that team come crashing down shortly after that, uh, that was a big downer. Yeah, oh, kind of uh, deserved it, didn't we, from how we reacted. Top of the league, yes, and then all of a sudden, reality. Yeah, I guess we kind of acted like, fan base who expected that this was not going to last very long, so we have to enjoy it while we can. 4-0 at, uh, at Fratton Park was pretty enjoyable, too. Oh, God, yeah, that was yes. good. That was a good that night. That was a good night. That was we, a very we good t- night. We were together for that one, weren't we, Kev? That was, um, yeah. that was good. A good, good night. Um, right, yeah, you said that you've, you've never been here before, so that kind of takes my next question out. Um, but if you are, ever are planning a visit to the UK, you, you get in touch with us and we'll, um, we'll be happy to assist with your needs to get into St. Mary's and stuff. It'll be, it'll be fun. I so appreciate that and I will do all in my power to help you to, uh, get into the garden if ever you're out here. Oh, the only reason I'm going to New York is to go to the garden. That is it. <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, I have many, many great memories uh, as a teenager, just hopping the train and catching games there back when you didn't have to take out a mortgage on your home to uh, yeah. to get a couple of tickets. Ridiculously priced now, isn't it? It's, it's... But at least we have Dolan. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. OK, uh, Kev, are you ready to get into the ITN news? Yeah, we've got quite a bit to get through, so we might as well. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, ITN news. Uh, we'll start because we've had a couple of signings this week. I don't know if you know. Um, first one of the week was Thierry Small from Everton, uh, left back, 17, highly rated, Everton's youngest ever player, uh, rejected uh, a new deal with the Toffees and signed a three-year deal with us instead. Um, he has said on the move, it's an unbelievable feeling, a big moment for me and my family especially to join such a family-orientated club. It's an honour to be here, and I can't wait to get started. It's a real great honour to play here and play under Ralph, and I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we were starting to think that that's probably all of the business that Saints wanted done, and they, they come out with this one. I mean, you've obviously been linked to a few players. Thierry Small was one of them. We talked about him on the pod. Um, yeah, you, you, made, you made it up. You just made yeah, it up. Yeah, you thought I'd made up, but, you yeah, know, it's a real one. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's that's great, isn't it? Now we've got um, depth in pretty much every position. I mean, strength time will tell. Um, who, you know who's the stronger out of Perot, uh, Small, or Walker Peters? Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's definitely a coup. Um, we weren't the only team to be interested in him, and uh, yeah. He seems like a really switched on uh, young lad, um, having watched the interview, and he's quite realistic about, about the expectations that um, the club has for him and that these things do take time and he ha- how hard he has to work to make his way into the first team. 
Yeah, and, not, not speaking like a 17-year-old for sure. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, he's, 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 yeah, he's really well spoken, seems quite intelligent. I hope I'm trying to was like that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we obviously wasn't hung over when they interviewed him, but, um, <laughs> yeah, what I want to say, it's kind of a switch of policy, isn't it, to, uh, going from taking players through the academy to buying players who are in that sort See, of now no this, man's land between. This is what I wanted uh, to say, because, yeah. Like you're right, yeah. Bring you know our long history of bringing up the youth for this club is, is still true, I guess. But we now tend to buy them in young and, and develop them that way instead. And we, we've had that production line, haven't we, of, of youth players? And that line seems to have stopped somewhat. You know, Ramsey Vokin's obviously not good enough in Ralph's eyes, anyway. Uh, instead, he's he's allowed to spend you know minimal amounts, it seems. And so now we have the youth, we have the depth, and. You know, thanks to our new signing and our second signing this week, we've got a little bit more um, experience in there as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, it just takes um, a crop of young players not quite being good enough, but uh, us not having the depth because we've had so many flops that we've loaned out or uh, just binned off um, that we've had players that should really be playing in the B team. Uh, who've been playing in the first team, and that makes the B team even worse, and it's a vicious cycle. So hopefully, now we've got um, we've bolstered the strength of the youth. Surely that would mean that we're going to have a much more successful term this season for both the the B team and the first team. Well, hold that thought because the B team are playing right now. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> um, okay. And our second signing of the week was uh, Lianco, uh, centre back from Torino. As I say, more experience in, in central positions and a, you know, kind of a direct replacement for Vestergaard. Lianco, Brazilian. Um, to give his full name, <laughs> here we go. Uh, Lianco Evangelista Silvera Neves Voinovich. How was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd go with Voinovich, but yeah. Um, Brazilian uh, Serbian. Yeah, that's a that brutal combination, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Brazil under 23, uh, 24. It looks like a fucking nutter, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, he finds himself as the gorilla, which has um, got quite a few Saints fans on, into trouble on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, no. But, yeah, he does He does look like a like a beast. And, yeah, like you said, a, a, a bit of a mental case, like you, like Serbian defenders tend to be. And yeah, I think that, that brutality is what we're, what we're missing at the moment. Yeah, it's going to add a bit of steel and... and you know, to that defence, and it's something we need. He signed a four-year deal. Um, he said, it's a dream that I have had since I was started, started playing football as a child uh, to play in the Premier League and for a team like Southampton. It's a dream not only for me, but, but for all my family too. I mean, it looks like he's going to nab Yannick Vestergaard's number four as well. Uh, and incidentally, uh, Thierry Small is going to take the number 16 shirt. Scott, um, what do you think of these two signings in the week? Really thrilled. It's amazing considering where we were last season, where we went in knowing that there was this massive Achilles heel, that we didn't have a whole lot of depth. Uh, and with the condensed season, we knew that if there were injuries, we weren't going to be like we left back, right back. We We were just kind of hoping that we could get through the season without serious injuries. And to to see the depth that's coming in right now, uh, it, what a great problem to have that we're just, we're talking about sure, yeah. three players that could play these positions and we're really not sure who the best of them is going to be. Uh, I'm 
I have to say, I'm really, really optimistic about this. And it's what Ralph has talked about, that we need more cover at these spots. Uh, these have, I think they have the potential of, of making us a really strong squad. Hopefully, hopefully so. Ke- Kevin, Bednarek, Salisu, Stevens, Lianko. Is that a strong enough centre-back call? Time's going to tell, isn't it? I mean, Bednarek hasn't played. Salisu was looking decent yesterday. Yeah, Stevens has his moments, but you don't want to be relying on him defensively in a, in a pair. Uh, Bednarek, I mean, it depends which Bednarek you get. Yeah, I don't know. I think Lianko's going to have to be good for, for me to say yes. Yeah, good it's too answer. early to tell. Um, Scott, with with Small and Lianko, we, we've now you know got a decent transfer window. I feel so that's with Walcott, Perro, Lancashire, Simeu, uh, Livramento, Adam Armstrong. Um, rate this transfer window in 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 its in its whole entirety. I mean, you can't be too you know, obviously when you lose the likes of Vestergaard and Ings, uh, it's it's tough to trade also. And Bertrand as well. Yeah, I guess I was so resigned to Bertrand going at the end of last season that I forget about that. Um, but I think it's been an incredible transfer window. I really do. And it's not over yet. <laughs> true. Yeah. We have, granted, we still have to see how some of these parts fit in. Um, but I, I mean, for me, it's an eight or nine out of ten, especially when we consider that. I felt like Ings and Vestergaard were kind of beyond the control of Southampton. If they wanted to move on, they were going to move on. I think Ings eventually going to Villa tells you where his mind was. He was just, he had made his peace with the idea that he was moving on. I don't know why, and I wish he hadn't, but that was apparent. But then to nab Adam Armstrong, which I think was the best, uh, possible replacement at that time uh, and then to fill all these other spots to finally go into a season where we've got some, some cover all over the pitch I think it's been really tremendous yep I'm with you on that one um, and as as we've mentioned before like last season as the season wore on the, the team did also we got you know the lack of depth especially with the injuries as well uh, now we have good starters we've got good backups everywhere I mean, you could point a finger in the central midfield, like, you know, one injury and we're light there again. But I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll have enough elsewhere to cope if, if it stays like this. And Stu can slot in there if need be, I suppose. Livermento could play anywhere, let's face it. But all in all, I don't think I've I've heard any fan complain about the business that we've done. Um, and with Saints fans, they, I mean, they complain about absolutely everything, don't they? I mean, they were complaining that we didn't score nine on Wednesday night. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, I'm always struck by, it might be when I jumped on the Southampton train, but I'm over here just feeling optimistic all the time. And it's crazy to me to, <laughs> to hear the interviews after the game. And there's this kind of, you know, woe is me. This thing is always going to go wrong. And I just don't see it right now, frankly. I, I feel like this is, I don't want to say as good as it gets, but... The transfer window is pretty de- when you when you have to deal with the financial realities of the Premier League. This is pretty much as as good as you can hope for. I mean, to get to constantly be getting good young talent that we're peeling off uh, out of the academies of the, of the larger clubs. I, I think this is pretty darn good. I'm 
very optimistic right now. That's good. I mean, surprisingly, you're so optimistic because you, you know you listen to us every week, and that can't be easy. Um, but I mean, we mentioned—I just mentioned the uh, the Wednesday night, and speaking of that eight nil, our, our prize for that historic win is a trip to Bramall Lane uh, and Sheffield United in the third round. It's Tuesday the twenty-first or Wednesday the twenty-second. It's likely to be. Uh, Kevin Stuart Armstrong hasn't featured this season at all, and you sent me an article that, that suggested he could be on his way out. And I've heard through other sources that this isn't the case. Uh, the club has since stated that his absence was due to a calf injury, which I think is well documented now. Um, it's really weird for me, Kevin, because Ralph always said that there was, when he said there was no new injury concerns last week. And, and the calf issue is always the case, isn't it? It's, it's Ralph's go-to injury to stop the media asking any more questions, I think. You know, because he, he could, I mean, Stuart Armstrong could have been on a bender and Ralph, could be, you know, punishing him. And then he'd say, yeah, it's just calf problems. But he was out of that Newcastle squad. He was included in the, in, in Steve, Steve Clark's Scotland squad for the World Cup qualies. Um, and yes. he's since, since been removed. So that was a question mark as well. Cause I was saying, well, he's out of the Saints squad. They say he's got a calf problem. And then yet Steve Clark selected him for Scotland, which, yeah, to me, that was a bit weird. But okay, he's been removed now. Yeah, I don't know. I just think with that sort of generic, um, fuck off answer to the question about Stu. Considering he was on the bench against Everton and then just disappeared mm. without any announcement. It's, I mean, it's slightly suspicious. I just want to see him back in the squad to shut everyone up. Um, well, I guess by the time we podcast again, we'll know for sure if there's any truth to it. I do doubt it, but it is a worry. No, don't be worried. It'll be fine. It's all good. Um, Alex McCarthy, New Deal. McCarthy and Forster had like deals uh, ending uh, next summer, uh, but Macker extends for three more years, keeping him here till he's 34. I mean, it's good in the sense that we've tied up a keeper because we won't have, you know, we won't have any next year if this is the case. But then, you know, it does mean that Fraser will be allowed to walk, and then we'll have to sign a new keeper who's young enough to take over from Macker in the summer. That looks like what's going to happen. Uh, yes, I think we're going to have to sign, yeah, someone pretty fucking good to um, replace Maka. I mean, we can't hedge our bets. Oh, sorry, not hedge our bets. We can't uh, place all of our bets on a young keeper like Angus Gunn. I mean, that that was a complete failure, really, wasn't it? It worked well, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to have to get a, a, a steady pair of hands in to keep, keep the ship afloat. Yes. Um, guys, I read an interesting article in the week that I would like to share with you both. Um, are you ready for this, right? A new study has taken place to find the best football stadiums in Europe, right? And it's judged on these four factors of atmosphere, cleanliness, affordability and food. Uh, the analysis was from over 100,000 TripAdvisor reviews. <laughs> um, have a guess where St. Mary's came out. How many are there in there? Well, it's the whole of Europe, so you take an estimate. 300. <laughs> <laughs> you think we're 300, yeah? People love a good mind, don't they? Well, these are, yeah, these are advi- uh, TripAdvisor reviews, but actually St. Mary's come out fourth in Ooh. Europe. Wow. That amazed me. Oh, but, yeah. but we're right up there. Um, incidentally, the, the Rhine Energy Stadion in Cologne scored 0.77 out of 10. Um, St. Mary's was 8.9 by contrast. Fascinating stuff, no? Um, yeah. <laughs> Give me a link. I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, but yeah, um, if you're wondering, Villa Park 
was number one in Europe. Do we have to mention that? <laughs> no. That's why Danny went. It's like, yeah, it's a slightly better statement. <laughs> so, Scott, when you you're, you're going to know that when you come to St Mary's, the atmosphere is going to be amazing. There won't be piss on the floor. Uh, it won't break the bank, and your tummy will be satisfied. So there we go. I'm, yeah, I'm really thrilled to hear that. I mean, all I've been able, all I've been thinking about is how unfortunate it is that I never made it to the Dell. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a slightly different. Uh, it sounds it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I think it was one of those grounds where where everybody at home loved it, but everybody away just absolutely hated it. But yeah. Um, yeah, just one quick bit of news that we didn't mention last week. Um, you were at St Mary's for the match against United. Um, at halftime, Franny was awarded the the first of uh, many this season of Forever Saints Awards. Yes, I saw this. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, obviously for his uh, charitable work, uh, he's a legend of the club, and they're going to be giving uh, one at every home match this season. Is that right? I didn't know that. Um, and I just want to ask, uh, who, do you, who would you give the next one to? You, Kevin. <laughs> yes, okay. But you'd have yeah. to come over and um and isolate to collect your award, so probably not gonna happen. Yeah. Oh <laughs> maybe I can sort something out, maybe in the new year. So <laughs> that'd be brilliant, yeah. Thank you very fucking much, St Mary's. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, any any candidates? Um oh, it's, well Latisse? Yeah, about that. <laughs> I think some of the criteria might um, preclude his nomination. It's more about sort of work in the community, that sort of thing. Oh, I suppose so. Not no, he did. He did. He, he did do a lot for the community during COVID, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, Him, Bridgie, Doddy, and and uh, uh, Franny actually wasn't there. They were all doing the rounds. I think James Beatty was there as well. So Beats maybe he could be a, a candidate. Yeah, maybe. But you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not the best. The best. I know. Time. I know it's not going to be Neil Shipley. <laughs> uh, Lone Watch then uh, Kane Ramsey uh, of Crew. Yes. Uh, he played 90 minutes in their 3-0 loss at Ellen Road in the Carabao Cup second round and yesterday didn't start in Crew's 2-0 away defeat to Charlton he did come on on the 65th minute uh, but they were already two down sorry my cat has been an asshole did you see, see the insane run? The run that he, that he did, did against Leeds, yeah. yeah. He bombed it up the field, didn't he? And then just didn't... from one end of the pitch to the other. Uh, but he was just too fast for everybody else. And the cross he puts in, beautiful cross, but absolutely fuck all people there to get on the end. Sounds about right, doesn't it? Um, yeah, so crew are now 23rd. They've played five, lost four, and drawn one. So not good. Uh, so then Dan and Underloo at Lincoln wasn't included in the squad's uh, in Lincoln's 3-1 away defeat to Oxford. Uh, Lincoln dropped to 20th now. Uh, and Will Ferry was in the starting 11 for Crawley. Subbed off on the hour in Crawley's 0-0 draw with Northampton Town. They are now 20th in League 2. So, again, not very good. <laughs> we should stop doing these. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, the B team, uh, they played Monday night against Nottingham Forest at the Impact Arena. Uh, they drew nil-nil, a point, uh, moved up to 11th now with three teams below them. And they are playing away at Middlesbrough right now at the Heritage Park. Oh, they lost 2-1. No, I've got it here. Oh, my God, this is heartbreaking. Yeah, um, I've just seen the score. It's, it, Middlesbrough won 2-1. So Middlesbrough took the lead on the 29th minute. Saints equalised by uh, a leg B in the 86th minute, and then they 
fucking let one in in the 90th, didn't they, to lose 2-1. But, I mean, they have scored their first goal, but they're still looking for their first win. So they, they, they've lost. Um, and the women's team, uh, another game, another win, this time uh, away to Chichester and Chelsea, uh, 2-0. Two goals from Ella Pusey. Uh, new signing Katie Rudd as well started on the bench and came on for the goal scorer with 10 minutes remaining. Second in the table, nine points, three wins from three, only second through goal difference, and Ipswich have scored three more. Now, they are playing right now, and they're playing Gillingham. Let's have a quick last final spin on the transfer roundabout. I really didn't think I'd be saying this, but um, let's do it. Transfer roundabout, Kevin. <laughs> uh, yes, so yeah, final little spin. You'd think, right? So we've had, we've got the um, the hateful eight in uh, eight players signed this window. Um, so yeah, let's try and go through them. So Lianco, Perot, Armstrong, Walker, Simeon, uh, Broger, Livramento, and Small. Eight. <laughs> I mean, this is um, gearing up for being the best window since we started this podcast. I remember the first window we reported on, we had um, <coughs> Angus Gunn. Elianusi and Vestergaard. Elianusi, <coughs> Vestergaard, um, Stuart Armstrong, and at the last minute, Danny Ings. That's a fantastic window. Uh, just Stuart Armstrong is here. How <laughs> and Elianusi. Yeah, and well, he's definitely been redeeming himself recently. Uh, what happened to Gunn was a bit unfortunate. I don't really blame him for that. And Danny Ings is a traitor. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's time we moved on. And, yeah, this new new crop. I mean, you'd like to think that they've, you know, maybe gone, instead of going for 15 million players, uh, gone for, you know, 5 to 10 million players and, and get a couple, um, a couple in instead of one. To, to fill the uh, quantity the over quality, though. Well, I think you know it's always going to be a gamble. So you're better taking a gamble with cheaper players than more expensive players that sure. come with uh, not only with a higher price tag but with higher wages as well. Um, nonetheless, we are still being linked with players, even right now. Um, okay, put a few past you. Nineteen-year-old um, forwards. Oh fuck. Um, is that so, his name? He must. He must be uh, Thai or something. Yeah, no, he's um, North Korean, but um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of problems with the work permit. Um, sorry, yeah, twenty-one-year-old <laughs> Middlesbrough right back, Jed Spence. Okay, Scott, that's a that's a fake one, right? I would guess so. Although when no. you're talking about bringing in a player from North Korea, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that might be for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with a name like Oh Fuck yeah I don't know Oh Fuck yeah, it's going to get very confusing with Jack Stevens. you know the commentators <laughs> have um, there been a few players where they've sort of um, bent their name slightly haven't they they, they, they call them Oofuk or something like that yeah probably yeah <laughs> um, yes uh, Valen- Valencia midfielder Kang In Lee have him before yeah I've, I've seen this one mm-hmm and 26-year-old Scotland international centre-back, Jack Hendry. Yeah, I've seen that one too. Yeah, I, I don't think that if we are going to sign any, uh, a new, another player, it's going to be any of these. But 
with mentioning him to say that you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, if there is going to be one, it's going to be a loney, I think, in midfield. That's where I'm going. Yeah. I mean, you read it elsewhere before us, but you definitely heard it here first. <laughs> um, one outgoing, actually, that we have mentioned, 19-year-old forward, Benny Smales Braithwaite. Yes. Um, yeah, we signed him from Man City a couple of years ago. Um, he's joined Gloucester City uh, in the National League North on loan until January. Wait, Gloucester and North? That's not right, surely. Um, I mean, I guess it's the way the National League works. If um, so many teams get relegated and promoted, then um, they shift the borders about, don't they? Um, yeah, that's it for the roundabout. But um, we are going on an international break. We're not going to have a podcast next week. We'll be back in two weeks. Um, so shall we have a, a wee international roundup? OK, let's round them up. Yeehaw! Take it away, Kev. OK, so we're a couple of international short um, after this transfer window. Um First piece of news is that Premier League says that its clubs have reluctantly but unanimously decided not to release players for matches in red list countries during September's international break. Um, that's because if you're coming back from a red list country, uh, you have to do a 10 day isolation period in one of those COVID slammers at your own expense. And uh, there's no exceptions to that rule. So um, that pretty much rules it out. I'm not entirely sure how it's going to affect any of the internationals coming up but um, in terms of our squad um, Scotland so uh, Stuart Armstrong and Che McAdams have both been called up for the Scotland squad however as you mentioned earlier um, Stu's had to pull out due to that calf injury Um, they travelled to Denmark on the 1st of September and then they're playing Moldova at home and Austria away uh, on the 7th of September and uh, I'm just checking the red list here Denmark and Austria are not on the red list so it looks like Chase can be allowed to go and get injured oh please don't um, England yeah we might not have any England players in the England squad because well, because Gareth Southgate's a wanker. Um, <laughs> although it is kind of nice to see that Danny, uh, despite moving to a big club, also fails to make the team. Um, but, yeah, Tino Livramento, he's been called up for the Young Lions squad um, in their upcoming games against Romania in a friendly. And uh, they've got Kosovo in an uh, under-21 European Championships qualifier. So, yeah, good luck. That's brilliant. Them. Really good news. I wasn't expecting it this soon, but yeah, he's been ace in August, so yeah. Um, Ireland, would you believe it? <laughs> Guess who's in the Ireland squad? Michael Oberfemi. <laughs> Will Smallbone. <laughs> I'm not saying it, Kev. <laughs> the one, the other Will Ferry. Shane Long. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't looked at the under 21s. There might be a couple of call ups there. Uh, yes, Shane Long's been called up for Ireland's. Uh, World Cup qualifiers against uh, Portugal away and then they're playing Azerbaijan and Serbia at home and these are all in the space of a week 1st, 4th and 7th of September uh, quick look at the red list and Portugal's not on it <laughs> um, I've got to hope this isn't going to be a prolonged feature for international roundups um, Poland, they play Albania and 
uh, England in Poland and then they're away at San Marino. And yeah, none of those countries are on the red list. Uh, but I can't find much about the actual squad, whether um, Bednarik's been called up or not. You kind of assume he has, but um, I can't find any evidence of that. Maybe he hasn't announced the squad yet. Maybe not. Mm. I, I think that's just about it, isn't it, right? That is. Um, but before we go into the Newcastle game, um, August is over. Uh, we look ahead to September. Uh, starting with that home game against West Ham on the 11th at home, and then Man City away on the 18th, and then Wolves at home on the 26th. That's a Sunday, that's a 2pm kickoff, and that is on Sky Sports. Uh, and of course, we've got that Carabao Cup trip to Sheffield United in between City and Wolves game. Uh, some tough games in September, Scott. You know, we've got West Ham, City, Wolves, two of them at home. Uh, a trip to the Etihad will be, you know, that's going to be out the way early, so get that one done um how many points do you think we're going to take here realistically i think we need to take four don't we we need to be looking at four we need to be looking at a win maybe against wolves i'll take a point against west ham uh, and city away i don't know you've got to take you've got to take your lumps there i tend to agree i mean the wolves match is so huge because of the three of them i, I mean it would take quite an effort to squeak out more than a point in the other two I I would sign on for three to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I'll take that. It'll be it will it will be something at least as long as we don't get naught. That will be a good thing. Kev, and we we we've also got the um, August Player and Goal of the Month that we need to put the polls up for. So you're going to do that uh, this weekend, I hope. Or no, you're going to do it after the England. Oh yeah, just um, over the international break, we'll put a poll up that you can vote on. Um, yeah, we've got uh, twelve goals to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you're, as I say, we'll put the polls up uh, around the international break. Uh, right, should we go into Newport then? This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. Okay, then, so Newport on Wednesday the 25th, 8-0 winners, historic victory, best away win ever. Goals from Nathan Teller, Kyle Walker-Peters, Nathan Redmond, a brace from debutant Armando Brogia, and a hat-trick from Mohamed Elianusi. Uh, and the, well, wholesale changes. I mean, look, we expected this to be nine in all. Forster, Valerie, Bednarik, uh, KWP, Elianusi, Diallo, Teller, Redmond, and Brogia all coming in. Uh, Stevens and Prousey, the only survivors from the United draw. Scott, I'll start with you. I mean, were you happy with the starters? Because, I mean, well, aside from, from Prousey, it was all players that needed minutes. Yeah, I was very happy to see that. Uh, I'd wondered, yeah, I'd wanted to see a, a Kyle Walker-Peters sighting, so that was nice. Um, Bednarik getting in the pitch is good. I thought it was, you know, when I saw the lineup, how refreshing it was to be able to see all these new faces and feel like we're not putting out a team that uh, is so far behind our, our first the te- our first team. Um, so yeah, I was definitely and and you look at the names when you saw the sheets. Oh, this is great because I finally get to see some of these players that we've heard so much about. Yeah, like uh, Brozier, it was good to see him getting. And Teller obviously needed some minutes, so it was nice, nice for that. Uh, Kev, when I saw the lineup, I was concerned. Well, not concerned. That's probably the wrong word, but more confused at, at who was going to be playing a left back. Um, yeah, you like to think that Walker Peters is going to be the more flexible um, of the two, and I think 
Hang on a second. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he come on against United and um, play at left back? Uh, he yes. did, yeah. He come on for Perro, didn't he? In the Man United. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I think bearing that in mind, I, I was pretty sure that it was Walker Peters on the left and Valerie on the right. Not ideal. <laughs> Not and ideal well, me. no, I mean, Tim, Tim said, uh, said this, right? That, that we need to find a way to squeeze both of them into the team and, that, and it worked out beautifully. Yes. I don't know. I disagree with that. I, well, not disagree with the fact that, I mean, I, I, I said earlier in this podcast that Livermento could play anywhere. You could stick him up front. You could stick him in goal and, he, and he'd do a decent job. But I don't see, yeah, I mean, he could be pushed up a little bit more, I feel. And um, Kyle Walker-Peters could get his usual right back position. That's just where I where I see it anyway. Because like I said before, I don't think Perro's done anything to be overlooked. And we'll discuss that a little bit more when we get to Newcastle. But but I think this lineup, right? If, um, if uh, this is the lineup that came out an hour before the Newcastle match, I think a lot of fans would be creaming themselves. I, I just wonder how did Jack Stevens become this mainstay? I don't know. I think Bednarik's done something terribly wrong in Ralph's eyes because I don't see how he's, you know, outperforming. And don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think Bednarik had a great season last season, but he's still better than. Bednarik's worst day is, is is still something that I would consider over Jack Stevens. And he looks so good in the Euros. He seemed to be playing to rave reviews during the Euros that I, I agreed that I thought last year, I didn't know if it was fatigue from the condensed season. He didn't, he wasn't the Bednarik from the season before. But no. that being said, you could always you knew that he was going to be in the, in the starting 11 every match. And he wasn't taken out very much last year at all. And then he seemed to acquit himself well in the Euros. I am at a loss for if he and, – and then when he was in the lineup against Newport, so clearly it's not an injury. I'm just at a loss for does, – does Jack Stevens have compromising photos of, of Ralph? <laughs> yeah. What is going on that suddenly – He's he's turned into you know, this uh, Vestergaard or Van Dyke that if he's healthy, he's in the lineup. I, I don't see what he's bringing that's such an improvement over Bednarik. Well, we certainly didn't see that yesterday with the uh, Newcastle opening goal. But uh, I think he's on borrowed time now because I think Lianco is going to come in and take that place off of him. But what do I know? I mean, I don't want to go through this game because we'd be here all day if we went through everything. But, you know, just uh, just highlight a couple of things. Uh, Brozier looks the part, I feel. Um, uh, granted, it's only League Two opposition, but he, he did what was put in front of him, and you know he was there to find the net, and, and he did find the net, Scott. Yeah, no, you can be nothing but encouraged by what you saw from him. He looks like a big unit, and I think he's got he's six foot three as well, so he's a big, big, big guy. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I'm guessing that you didn't watch this live either because it wasn't no. um, broadcast anywhere, so you were listening to. Um, Adam and Dave on Radio Silent. Sure. Um, the number of times they use the word big unit, or the phrase big <laughs> unit. <laughs> uh, Kev, Elianusi, Ralph has said before this game that he feels like he's going to find a way to get the best out of him. Good timing, I guess, because, you know, hat trick, two assists, inspired performance. And I was going to ask, you know, is this his time? Is this his moment to shine? You know, are we going to see him in the lineup more frequently? And, I mean, obviously. He was in the lineup yesterday, so that's kind of answered my question. Yeah, I mean, it takes a lot. It takes a, a particular attitude and a lot of patience, um, hard work, and uh, what's the word? 
dignity, I suppose. Yeah, to be shipped out on loan for two seasons um, after you've had a spell in the first team, but to uh, come back stronger for it, I think that says a lot. And um, yeah, you look very dignified after the match. I mean, he was obviously delighted to have uh, scored a hat trick. And um, yeah, I think it's difficult to judge against that sort of opposition how the players can play. But um, again, he stepped up against Newcastle as well. So yeah, yeah, I think he, he's uh, one of those rare success stories. You know, it's good. I love it. I love to see it. Um, Red Redmond back in the side as well with a goal and an assist. Walker Peters also. Uh, lots of quite happy narratives in this one. So mostly, you know, being a fringe side and, and all doing fantastic jobs. Um, Theo came on, and Iron Man Prousey not playing the full 90. That's that's odd. Uh, Shane Long also with minutes and two for Michael Oberfemi. I mean, it was as perfect as you could hope for, really, with all those players and, and the scoreline. I mean, I think someone has said to me at the start of the night this would happen. You know, I really couldn't have dreamed a better scenario for it. It was, yeah, definitely a fairy tale. Excellent, yeah. Um, there's some stats as well, obviously. Have you got any stats on this match, Kev? Because the only ones that I took out from it, really, were the 24 shots to their three, uh, 14 on target for us and none for them. I mean, it was comprehensive, it was comfortable, it was just jolly. Yeah, I mean, um, 69% possession. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'd love to see the XG for this one. I haven't seen it, but uh, it's got to be about 12, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, man of the match, uh, Scott, oh, you can go first. I, I don't know where you go with this. Um, maybe Elianusi, just for for all the things that Kevin was talking about, that he seems to have just a, a great attitude and he has to have a lot of confidence to be able to finally get an opportunity after being shipped out. And he just came back, had, he got his opportunity and granted it's a small sample size against uh, a weaker opponent, but he made the most of it. Of course, you could probably say the same for a bunch of players from that match. Again, it's a good thing to have, isn't it? When you're discussing a man of the match that you, you, could pick any of them really but i think any any time someone scores a hat trick you automatically have to give it to them right i mean uh, i'm gonna go elianusi i don't know about you kev yeah it's no brain i mean he was just immense played the the entire match um not just a hat trick but got two assists as well um could have had more i thought ribbon was fantastic um i mean but he always is in the cup games isn't he he was good yesterday as well limited but, time yeah, again, like there's a couple of chances that he squandered as well. I mean, Redmond could have easily had a hat trick as well. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're going to go on to Newcastle. Yes. Two-two. Uh, Newcastle. Desmond. Uh, Callum Wilson with the opener. Elianusi grabs the equaliser with with his fourth of the week. Uh, Alan San Maximan with the, the 91st minute dagger. But James Ward-Prowse with a penalty deep into injury time to make it two-two. A match, as we said, full of drama, full of anger, a bit of pleasure. Kind of summed up Saints in 96 minutes, really, doesn't it? Um, the changes that we had from that United draw, there was two. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters in, uh, and Elianusi's heroics midweek earned him a nod uh, in the starting eleven in the Premier League, which is great. Uh, Walcott and Perot drop out. Uh, Scott, again, I'll start with you. What what did you make of the eleven this time out? Jack Stevens, I just don't understand. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. We don't understand uh, it either. Jack fucking Stevens. Yeah. 
I mean, there are times when I feel like we're sometimes a little too hard on him. I feel like when you talk about the four uh, four backs that we have there in the rotation, I don't mind Jack Stevens being in that. I think he's a, he's fine as a as a replacement. I just fail to see what he is bringing over Bednarik. Uh, so I'm just left scratching my head with that selection. Other than that, Gineppo, I keep pulling for. He has those moments, and so it's nice to see him get a chance. But I think we're getting to the point. Of course, at some point, Stuart Armstrong's going to come back, we hope, uh, and then there will be less playing time for Gineppo. So it's unfortunate that he hasn't made more of those opportunities. Also, uh, with, with um, Red Redmond playing so well, he's going to have to go in over Gineppo, in my opinion. Yes, I was going to say that. I think that after you watch Redmond, it's tough to make the case for why Gineppo should be playing ahead of him, other than he's young and we'd like to develop him. There's probably greater upside in that regard. Uh, otherwise, very pleased with the, the starting 11. Yeah, Kev, uh, KWP in, Livramento starting on the right. I guess, you know, it's difficult to leave him out right now. Uh, KWP shifts to the left, trying to find that way to use both fullbacks together by playing them out of position. I just feel a, a tad sorry for Perro because he's done nothing wrong. Yeah, at the same time, KWP also, he's done nothing wrong. But like, you know, Scott mentioned at the start, it's a good problem to have, considering we, you know, we were reaching last season. What were you, Gineppo, Stevens, James Ward-Prowse, all had fullback roles. Um, But were you happy with the selection? Um, Yeah, because I think I like the the fact that we got a bit of meritocracy in there. Uh, Eri Nusi rewarded with um, a start after his great performance in the Cup. Um, yeah, the fullbacks, are, like I say, I think that's a solution for now, at least, to, to that um, good problem that we've got. Um, yeah, front pairing, I, I don't see that changing. Uh, in, injuries, obviously, uh, accepted. But yeah, I think Gineppo was that, that choice on, on, the, on the left wing. I don't know. I think whoever you put on there, that's it's, it's, it's not ideal, I think. Oh, I suppose you could, Teller would be uh, quite deserved start there over Gineppo. But, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, um, and I guess, I mean, I'm going to ask this anyway, and I don't, I kind of know what you're going to say, but where is this heading for the rest of the season in regards to the full-backs? Because, I mean, where I see it, we've got two great right-backs at the moment who deserve to be starting. We've got Perro at left-back who needs, to, he just needs a chance to prove what he can do because he hasn't had that yet. And um, we also got to consider Thierry Small as well. Yeah, I mean, I think if you take out Gineppo out of the equation, you can um, shift Ayanusi over to the left, um, have try out Livramento on the right wing in front of uh, Walker Peters, and then have Perot at left back. I don't know. I want to try that. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. I would like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So onto the game then. Uh, another bright start. Lots of pressure. Created chances. I mean. It, it was good to watch, wasn't it? Definitely was. It was it was refreshing to see Walker Peters coming forward as often as he was, too. It didn't see enough of him. It didn't see him at all in uh, the Everton match. And it was it was good to see him joining into the offense. Maybe, maybe get a little, uh, when he took that shot from about, 
30 yards out, and I thought he was going to have to kick it twice to get it to the goal line. <laughs> Maybe he wants to calm that down a little bit. <laughs> but I thought all in all, yeah, they had just relentless pressure, but at the same time seemed very calm. I think they were trying to test out this keeper, this, this Woodman, because he's like third choice Newcastle, wasn't he, at the moment. I think Ralph had said, look, when you get an opportunity, take a shot and just test him out. Um, but Newcastle looked penned back, didn't they? They looked... I don't know. It, from what I saw, it looked like they were trying to use the speed of Sam Maximan on the counter-attack, and I guess we just had answers for it early on. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much their only strategy, really, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I mean, bombarding them from the off, but, that, yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, Ralph has just said to them, you know, just, just if you get it in the box, just twat it, because um, this keeper's going to be nervous. Um but yeah, I mean, there, there weren't any, you know, like really outstanding, um, chance. I mean, Gineppo from point blank range, mm. failing to get it into an empty net, managing to, to, to sky it. Um, it seemed yeah. harder to do that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you've got to really try not to score. I suppose, uh, you know, it's fallen, unfortunately for him, he doesn't get the shot off, but yeah, it's a real embarrassment for him. Well, I mean, even on the goal, like, Elianusi didn't get a bloody a shot off. It just hit him and went in. And that, that's all that it needed, really. I don't know how he's missed it. I think it's criminal. And it looks worse every single time I see it. Yeah, it, it's outrageous. It's very bad, yeah. And it, and it would have been a, a, a great assist from um, Livermento, sorry. <laughs> Scott, I mean, the one thing that... Well, Kev's been very, very vocal about this before, about Gineppo and about his, his delaying and, you know, doesn't shoot quick enough and takes too much time on the ball. It can be frustrating. You never know what you're going to get with Gineppo. Um, but there was a chance shortly after the, the open net that he missed um, where he just didn't shoot. He was just like spinning around. And he, 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 I mean, the first time, even the commentators were saying, why did he not just put his laces through that? He's spinning around, trying to find a better opportunity, and he's wasting it. It's a shame, too, because you see him in, in tight spaces. He's able to do so much. And then... He gets opportunities right around the net, and he just consistently gets it wrong. And I, I watch him, and I, I hope it, it reminds me a little bit of Shea Adams, and I kind of just root for him to score that one goal. So then, like the like the old ketchup bottle, that they'll all just keep coming mm. when he's got a little confidence, because he just strikes me as someone who is lacking in confidence right now. He he did get it all wrong when on that second one. Uh, he had another opportunity later, and I thought that he even had an opportunity to pass it off. I think it was Livermento who was who was open. He's just struggling to to make the right decisions, and it, it, it's the type of thing. Watching him, I kind of feel like if it just if it were just instinct. Like, if he had enough confidence in his instincts that he could put one home, um, maybe others will come. The problem is, whereas Shea Adams was doing so much and there really wasn't that much in the way of competition for his spot in the starting 11, Ralph was able to ride it out with him. I don't know that he's going to have that luxury for Gineppo. That's a very, very good point. Yeah, because there's so, so many options in, in that position. But, I mean, he, he does excite me. When he's got the ball, and you don't, and like I said, you don't know what you're going to get with him, you always feel like he can create something. It's just that final third. And I guess it was the story for the entire team in that first half because it, the build-up was great, and it was just the final third was, was shocking. And 
And Scott, lo- lots of opinions on goalkeepers at the moment. And McCarthy seems to have won start right now, at least. Um, people aren't happy about it, like we said before. But uh, what a wonderful save at the end of that first half from the corner. Oh. Callum Wilson had it. It was unbelievable. And can you imagine, like, how down the team would have been going into the locker room if they had dominated play the way they did in the first half and then went in 1-0? And that's, that's one that we shouldn't forget. Oh, God, yeah, that would have been awful for confidence, wouldn't it? But, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you were around, Kev, but I took to Discord at halftime, and I was like, I was quite happy. I was quite – I mean, I was drinking, but <laughs> I was I was satisfied with how they were playing. Well, it was satisfied that they were going to get the job done because, I mean, you, you know when you're watching a game and there's like five minutes to spare and it's just constant attack, 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 um, and you're playing well enough that you're going to – you think, oh, we're going to score a few here. I felt like that at the break. I felt and I sensed something was coming, but I just didn't think it was going to be a Newcastle goal. And, uh, and, and Alex called it in the Discord. He said he didn't feel, he, he felt more worried about it. I haven't taken these chances. But yeah, started the second half, 10 minutes in, Callum Wilson against the run of play, although, you know, Newcastle seems more up for it in the second half. I think you have to point the finger at Stevens, don't you, Kev? It just, he, he wasn't goal side. He then appeared to track back, but it just he just let it unfold. And all right, it was a good couple of unlocking passes from Newcastle. It was a good cross, but we need to be able to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fantastic cross. But I mean, the, the way that Wilson just uh, gets between Salisu and Stevens, really unfortunate. I mean, there's not really much that um, McCarthy can do at, at, at that close range with a sort of header. But yeah, defending again, nothing to write home about. No, no, it's but that's, it's, it's in the script, isn't it? That um, if we, well, if we don't go uh, into halftime one nil down, um, having wasted loads of opportunities, uh, that Newcastle are going to start the second half more up for it than us, and we're going to concede. That, that's that's just in the playbook, isn't it? It's happened every single game this season, apart from Newport. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Um, but then you know, Redmond. Three minutes after the goal, he comes on uh, for Gianapo. Fair enough. It was a good decision. You know, it proved to be vital, in fact. Um, and Brozier getting his moment on for Adams. Um, and then, you know, we, we got the equaliser. Elianusi, fourth of the week. Uh, Nathan Redmond was absolutely brilliant. Gianapo uh, never looked like creating a chance like that for anybody. Um, and this is exactly what Redmond needs to be about. He, he, he's taking the ball, he's running at the, d- the defence, and he's whipping a ball into the box that, you know, Alianusi just couldn't miss. And Gineppo might have, though. But... <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was fairly lucky, though, through because, you know, his first effort was just, it went straight at Woodman and then it rebounded to him and it just it went in off of him. It was ugly, but it doesn't matter. It was deserved because Redmond made that happen. Yeah. I mean, to, just getting to, to bundle it in, just get, getting it across the line. And again, a way that Gineppo didn't. Didn't create or get on the end of it and this is what redmond brings i think and should be bringing yeah yeah he's i mean we've we've all seen that move where he gets the ball in his right foot and he and he fires at the far post and he probably he misses it more often than he makes it but the other thing that he does is he finds a way to create a little separation and get the cross in and he was doing that pretty consistently yeah, I thought he was brilliant. I did. I, I really had so much admiration for him in that game. And then, and then the 91st minute, Sam Maximan. What a mess here. I mean, where 
where do we start? Because it all came from our attack, and it was a, it was a tired-looking attack. I think um, Livramento had the ball bringing it up, and he just didn't really look like uh, doing much. I think he was settled for a 1-1. Um, we're a sucker for a long ball counter-attack, aren't we? And then Salisu mm-hmm. sliding about the place. Uh, Joel Linton, fresher legs, I guess, made him look silly. Um, and just a complete fucking mess. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's... Salisu not tracking St. Maximan and letting him get that, that pass forward to Joe Linton. And then Salisu switches to him, um, gets put on the floor. And it's just a, a quick pass back to Fraser. Um, I mean, he's given how much space? I mean, pretty much the, <laughs> the whole of the box. Classic counter-attack, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just to, just to, you know, knob it in, um, at, at the near post. Uh, but yeah, Maka does get a save off, but um, yeah, I think uh, Fraser's fist would have dealt with that a lot, a lot better than than, than Maka did, and that rebound pretty much falls to St. Maximan. And so at least he'd already given up on it by that point. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he's looking the other way, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Scott then Redmond again making things happen, playing a delightful free ball to um, Adam Armstrong. And it's a penalty. But, um, but yeah, I just want to talk about Nathan Redmond again because that was absolutely fantastic. And as I said before, if it wasn't for him, we would have lost this game. And he deserves all the credit here because, you know, your head's gone down. You just lost a goal in the 91st minute and Redmond's got the ball. Now, normally he would be passing back or would be running into trouble. But he made this happen. And this point is, is because of him. As soon as he came on, there was a, a real shot in the arm a feeling that we're actually going to get the ball over the goal line at this point. It's not going to be just hanging on to possession uh, and then not doing much with it. It was a tremendous pass. I, I will say, too, that even when they gave up the goal in the 90th minute, I was happy to see that they were not going to just leave content with a 1-1 draw. They were really going for that winning goal, and it, the result was complete calamity. But to be able to get up off the canvas uh, after Newcastle celebrates like, you know, they just won the, the Champions League, uh, to be able to get yourself off the campus, out of canvas and attack the way they did. And it was, it was a tremendous, it was amazing that Newcastle had content for so long to just sit back and prevent Southampton from getting a really glorious scoring opportunity. And then here, within a couple of minutes, Redmond picks him apart. Yeah, I loved it. I could watch it all day. And, and Kevin, Prousey, cool as ice. And there, so much pressure on this as well, wasn't there? Yeah, but uh, I don't know, you get the impression that Prousey doesn't really feel the pressure these days. We could have used that composure for England, couldn't we? <laughs> there we go. Right. <laughs> yeah, somebody said it. But yeah, emphatic penalty. I mean, yeah, I mean, we got the goal we deserved. I think it would have been a brilliant goal if O'Neill had scored from that that wonder ball from Redmond. Mm. But yeah, we got the equaliser so we deserved in the was it the seventh minute of um, three minutes of added time? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. No, but I, bet, I mean, the penalty was awarded on the on the ninety third, but they were just looking at it for for, for three minutes. But yeah. Uh, a, a, I say a point we got what we deserved at the very least I think because I think you know losing that game would have been a disaster like that uh, a point you feel I don't know you, you feel okay because of the, the the manner in which we equalise but 
I, I don't know. You're looking back at it and thinking a point probably we deserved a little bit more. First half was great. It just couldn't take those chances. And the Gineppo one was kind of unforgivable, really. And I fear this is going to be the story of our season, really. If we don't put our chances away, then we're not going to win. Uh, Armstrong wasn't great today, uh, Adam Armstrong, but he didn't have any of those glaring chances, really, did he? And when we're putting teams under pressure and we don't capitalise, that's worrying. Because you know the opposition at some point, they're going to. I mean, it's happened in all our games this season and and we need to focus on on putting that right. But um, And we, like Ralph has said, we need to be more comfortable when we're... uh, dominating games. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the difference between us winning and losing this game. You say that, that Gineppo chance, I mean, it could have been any, any of the three um, had he scored, that would have been the three points on the one hand. But on the other hand, um, we've got a point from two matches that we lost last season, so I think, you know, that's maybe a bit more than we we're expecting at this stage. So there are definitely positives to take from the match. That's a good thing to look at. A good way to look at it, I suppose. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Um, man of the match. I mean, I, I, I thought Salisu was great in dealing with so much. I mean, as, I mean, he made so many blocks, tackles, you know, outside that area, but seemed to struggle a little bit in that box just when it matters. So I can't give it to him just because of that. Um, Elianusi, right place, right times, doing great. Four goals in a week. Um, but I'm going to give it to the catalyst of that. The game changer, that is Nathan Redmond for me. I think wow. his point... This point is all because of him, and I think I know he didn't play a lot, but and it, also you've got to give some credit for Ralph as well for making that sub at the right time. Um, and let's give him some respect here. Let's give him both of them actually, Redmond and, and, and mm-hmm. Ralph. Um, and I, I, I do think that Redmond needs to be starting against against West Ham. Um, Alex McCarthy also had a good game, has to be said. Um, did everything that was asked of him, I think. Crucial saves. So yeah, Red, Redmond for me. Uh, Scott, your man of the match. I'm going to go with Salisu. I think he. he in some ways quietly was the reason that Southampton could maintain possession as long as they could. And he was very impressive. I mean, there, there's I mean, a few candidates. Will Prowse um, uh, was his usual consistent self. Um, <clears throat> I thought Redmond was, was good when he came on, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be here for half an hour. Um, yes. Lisa much, much improved from um, the last couple of games. But I'm going to give it to Al Yunusi again. I thought I thought he was fantastic and exciting, and that um, <clears throat> he's taken that chance, getting back in the first team, and has scored. I think he deserves man of the match for me. I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. That's good. Yeah, there, there's there's some candidates there. They're, they're definitely. Um, so that leaves us 13th in the table now um, on two points. But that's not really difficult to add up, is it? But I struggled with that then. <laughs> so two more than Arsenal. Yeah, that's true. And we've we've also scored more goals than Arsenal. Even if you include their 6-0 win over West Brom. <laughs> yeah, let's forget about that. <laughs> that that doesn't count. I, I, I just it's amazing how. Just a couple of points. Like, that one man you point really changed the outlook on this part of the season because when I looked at the at the fixtures to begin the season, I'm saying, where, where are the points going to come from? I mean, we never win away at Newcastle, never win at Everton, and I was really concerned that there was going to be quite a push to push Ralph out. And it's amazing how just a couple of, you know, just a draw against Man U suddenly changed the entire outlook, I feel. 
And thank goodness that we were able to salvage a point here. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, Scott, because I mean, if you look at United now, there's not going to be many teams to take a point off of them, considering that who they've just signed and all. It's, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be slim pickings to take points off of Man United, but we've done it. We've got it out of the way. Um, and a point that we probably weren't going to get yesterday as well. But I do think that, you know, next month is going to be difficult. We, we, we really do need to, to get something against Wolves. Um, we'll, I mean, I'm going to write off the Man City one straight away, but, um, West Ham, we need to give them a good game because they're scoring a lot of goals. In the yeah, but if we, we could just weather this storm, I feel like if we can just avert disaster in September, and there's no reason to believe it'll be disaster as, as well as some of the young players are, are playing here, uh, we'll really be able to hit the ground running after that. Let's, let's hope. I really do hope we have a comfortable season. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yes, uh, Scott, for now, we're going to have to say farewell. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been a pleasure to finally get to talk to you. And uh, yeah, we want to thank you again for, for supporting the show. Thank you. The pleasure's been all mine. Yeah, cheers, Scotty. And hopefully you can, uh, you can still be on the Discord and, you know, we'll always be around to chat and stuff. And it, yeah. And I, I will, I think I will consistently be the voice of optimism. Good. We need oh, yes, it. We, need that. we do need it. We do need someone to be optimistic because I'm certainly not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yes. So, Scott, cheers, mate. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. See you, mate. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Dean Hammond's here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. Okay, now we want to bring in Tim. Tim. How are you this week? Things are pretty good. Uh, got to go see an outdoor concert yesterday. Uh, Glass Animals. They're from the, they're from Oxford. I don't know if you ever heard of the guys. I've heard uh, of Oxford. They're... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Oxford. Yeah. Glass Animals, absolutely fantastic band. No. Check them out if you can. Listen to them. What sort of music do they play? Electronic pop. Uh. <laughs> I'll mm. give them a listen. Yeah. Uh. Check me, check me I'm not sure. I'll try, man. Yeah. Okay. So out, outdoor vaccinated mask concert is really good. Wait, the band was wearing a mask as well. No, oh, no, 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 they weren't, <laughs> but it was really cool. So Slipknot gigs are about to go ahead. Then, <laughs> good, yeah. Um, yes, Tim. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, did you get drunk yesterday? Because me and Kevin did. Um, and I'm guessing because you were out, you've had a few drinks as well. That is correct. So we're all all free hungover. Good, good stuff. I'm I'm doing okay actually. I'm doing okay. Damn it. Thoughts on yesterday overall? Not the concert. I'm talking about the Newcastle game. It, to be expected. You know, you go you go down, and we expected to kind of like be underwhelming. To me, a draw is it makes sense. We predicted. I think all of us predicted, except for Alex, and. We have the talent to be the better side and to go and to win that game. And these are the games in which you separate yourselves from being a middle tier, fledgling, you know, lower tier, lower, uh, lower tier team to settling and getting to that top tier level, top half of the table. And we missed the opportunities that to make the chances work and it sucked, but we're here and it could have been a whole lot worse. And Could have been a whole lot I'll, worse, take a, yeah. I'll take I'll take the draw, I guess. Supposedly, relatively. Yeah. Next, we move on to West Ham, but we've got an international break next week, so we can all relax and, and chill out and, and take stock of the first three Premier League games. 
Uh, but after that, yes, we have West Ham on Saturday, the 11th of September. Uh, West Ham, Kev, nickname? The Owens. Or, yeah, you got them both. Uh, famous fans, go. No, shit. Um, no, fucking hell, start me off with the flu. Actor, EastEnders. Oh, Danny Dyer. Geezer. Yeah, uh, another actor, always plays a gangster. Got a great uh, first name. Uh, oh, Jason Stanton. Ray Winston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ray Winston. Um, I've also got um, Alfred Hitchcock, James Corden, Russell um, Brand. Half of David Cameron. Oh, really? Yeah, the other half is Villa. You can never make his mind up. Idiot. Matt Damon, apparently, is a, oh, yes. is a West Damon. Ham fan. Um, I've also got the Queen. I'm told that she watches the Hammers at the Buckingham Palace, but uh, I'm, I can't confirm or deny that. Um, and also Barack Obama, apparently, is a big West Ham fan. Who knew? Blimey. Yeah, apparently so. Uh, Tim, fantastic season for West Ham last year. It destroyed us on the last game and stamped their ticket into Europe. Uh, when the European season, you know, I think when that, when that kicks in, did you think they're going to suffer? Because, you know, early form in the Premier League, they've been, they've been incredible, haven't they? You know, eight goals in their first two games. They scored another two yesterday um, in their 2-2 draw against Palace. Mikel Antonio's flying. Uh, recently became the club's leading scorer in the Premier League history. So, yeah, um, back to my question. Do you think they're going to suffer when the, when the European season kicks in? So that's what I was hoping for, is to play them later in the season. And they don't have the depth that the the teams necessary to play in Europe have. So they're looking to sign people right now. They just signed Kurt Zuma. They, that, that was announced. Uh, they've got a backup goalkeeper with Alfonso Areola. But outside of that, they're really, you know, they lost Lingard, who was great on loan for them in the, in the second I part of the season. I have a feeling that Lingard could be going back, to be honest. Yeah. I could see them too, but if they do it later, I guess later in the – Later in the week, well, they've got three or four days now for the transfer window to clean it up, and then a full week. So if they do get Lingard in, he could definitely potentially start uh, against us. So uh, nonetheless, I mean, they took six last year, and they're playing in Europa, and playing them early in the season, especially with Mikel Antonio basically being the best player in the league at the moment. Uh, and then they've won against Newcastle. They won against the 10-man Leicester with AOC Perez's uh, terrible red card. And they took a draw with Crystal Palace yesterday where Connor Gallagher just took it to him. Uh, he, he was he was fantastic in that game. If he you, was, if you yeah. want to I did catch that, the highlights yeah. on that, just he he did very well within it within the attacking midfield threat. So uh, it's David Moyes. So he plays a 4-2-3-1. He has, doesn't very doesn't rotate very much at all so if i expect zuma to start and to, to throw right in and take over for craig dawson so looking at it you're looking at their lineup of fabianski kufal uh zuma obana ogbana aaron cresswell with declan rice and suchek uh jared bowen pablo fernals saeed ben rama and Antonio. Now, if lingard gets in he'll he'll bump out fornals i don't know fornals has been great this season yeah, but uh, Ben Rama is the best in the wing, and Fornells is the only of the Bowen and Ben Rama are the wings. So you're going to see Fornells rotate in, but definitely be a he'd be the odd man out reluctantly because he's been yeah, like you said, he's been fantastic. He scored on the Antonio assist, uh, the first goal uh, against Crystal Palace that they just had. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, what sort of lineup do you think we're going to go with this? Yeah. Well, I mean, first first question actually, uh, Redmond is he going to start? No. 
So the the key battle though, and I rather than write down key battle, I put in boss battle because Mikhail Antonio is literally bossing everybody around and who's going to be Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if it's Lianco because it's it, I mean it's going to be Salisu it's going to be Salisu and I think Benaric is actually going to slide back in. I think it'll be Benaric and Salisu who will start for us. Um, but beyond that, it'll be our same formation, and I don't think, uh, I think DJ will finally be dropped. Uh, you'll throw in Tella or Walcott, and that's maybe potentially- That's interesting. You think Gineppo's gonna be dropped, and you, the game that, that, that Redmond had yesterday, you don't think he's gonna get in. That's- No, hmm. no. I was, I, yeah, I know Redmond came in with 30 minutes, and really did well, but he exposed Newcastle, so, I think that, um, I don't, I think it'll be Walk, I think it'll be Walcott, or maybe even, I mean, hopefully Armstrong. I think what really affected us yesterday was, and this isn't, this is not a, a, a knock against Romeo, but Romeo was getting so far forward. I thought he was poor and, yesterday. And he was poor because he, that's not his game. You want to put, you want to play Romeo against somebody who's got an attacking midfielder like Lingard, who, you know, but ultimately, New, that's in West in West Ham. He'll be better off if he plays because they'll have a lot more farther forward play. Whereas the three five two, where Miguel Amaran, Longstaff, and Willick, they were rotating around, but they were sinking back, and it's allowing Romeo to go forward, which that's not that's not his specialty. It's not his strength. So to me, I would hope that in a case like against Newcastle, that's where we should have started Stuart Armstrong at the at the six, but also kinda make it a four one three two where he sits in front of Ward Prowse. But now I'm going off on a tangent. That's fine. <laughs> so yeah. Um, wait, wait, you, one thing you haven't mentioned is um who's playing left back and right back and what, what's going so, on with this. I called this at the beginning. I think Perot, I thought Perot was going to get dropped because KWP is too good. Um, it's not that it's not knocking pro. Uh, I thought they put KDVP in there specifically to target and to get again, uh, to be against St. Maximon. I think ASM took it to us regardless of what was going to happen, but pro would have been exposed even more. Uh, I think they'll go back to pro. I think KWP will be back to the bench. I think they did that as a tactical switch. Okay. Maybe, maybe Livermento is just, um, well, I say he needs a bit of a break because he, he did look again, he looked tired again, he looked tired in the, in the game against, um, was it Everton or was it United Kev? Where did we bring up that he just, he didn't look like he had the legs. Um, again, yesterday he looked like he was tiring towards the end, but now we got a break off, uh, although he has been included in the, uh, England under 21s now. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe Perot will step back in and, uh, and Kyle Walker Peters will go back to his, his more preferred right back position. I hope so because, that's where I want to see him. Yeah, absolutely. So it's great to see, it's great to see that we have this problem. That's the, that's, that's the joy rather than saying who is going to play because we don't know, have any depth, you know, we don't have any depth to now of who's the best player for the best fit at the right timing. Yeah. Kev, what about you? What do you think is going to happen with the West Ham lineup? You imagine that, um, almost everyone's going to be fit after, um, having a bit of a rest. Um, internationals, etc. But yeah, as we said before, it's not really many going out, are there? I mean, Shane Long and Shane McAdams aside, Bednarek possibly, possibly Bednarek. So yeah, maybe we'll see Stevens and Salisu. Um, I guess in the yeah, Romeo and uh, Wapras in the middle. Maybe even 
Taylor and Armstrong up top. Yeah, no Walcott, no Redmond, no Gineppo. Um, left back, right back, still up in the air. But like like we've been saying all through this podcast, it's a very good problem to have. Definitely, yeah. Both those, those wide positions are anybody's at the moment. And I mean, if can, Ralph can look at the performances and what goes on in training and just put where freshest in. And uh, I don't know who matches the opposition. Although you know, against uh, West West Ham, that's going to be a, a tough gig, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're playing well at the moment. So I think in terms of starting, it'll be McCarthy, Perot, Salisu, Bednarik, and K- uh, KWP or Livermento tossed up there. Uh, I'm going to go with Walcott, uh, Romeo, Ward-Prowse, and I think they'll keep Elianusi. Uh He was quite possibly the man of the match, and it's great to see him back in. And then as long as Adams doesn't get hurt against uh, in, in his Scot- when he plays for Scotland, and then Adam Armstrong. Yeah, I'll be happy. I'll be happy with that. Uh, predictions then. Uh, Tim, I think you're up first. All right. So 2-1 West Ham. Oh, I've got exactly the same. I'm going 2-1 West Ham also. So am I. Fuck you. That's why I put him. It's, it's obviously going to be 2-1 West Ham, isn't it? Um, I mean, unless it's 3-0 West Ham. But, I mean, that's normally the away thing. That's normally, yeah, that's normally at London Stadium. or Alex, he's going for a 2-1 win also, but to Saints. He is. He's going for a 2-0, sorry, 2-1 Saints win. Uh, and the wides, uh, Gemma's going for a 2-0 West Ham. What is Abby going with? 1-0. As well as Caitlin. Caitlin is going 1-1. And what about Marina, Kevin? What is she going with? She's going for a 2-0 Saints win. Uh, yes, Tim, thank you uh, once again for your insight into West Ham. Um, and we will be back in a fortnight to speak to you and we will discuss the West Ham game and you will then preview our trip to the Etihad. That should be fun. Yeah, no, it won't. Right. Yeah. Speak to you soon, Tim. Bye now. Bye, Bye mate. Hi, I'm Matt Letitier, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, welcome back to Extra Time. Uh, we'll start with predictions. Uh, so from the Newport game, uh, I went 3-0 Saints. You and Tim went 2-0 Saints. Oh, actually, Alex went 2-0 Saints also, so it was 8-0, but Nevertheless, the Saints win, so we all scored two points. So that left the scores. Me on four, you on four, Tim on four, and Alex on two. Uh, Newcastle, uh, me and you, Kev, went 2-2. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was excellent. Uh, it was 2-2. So uh, Tim went 1-1, and Alex went 2-1 to Newcastle. So close. Um, but that now leaves the score. Me and you at the top with nine, Tim on six, and Alex on two. Uh, wife Wars, Kevin. All right. Um, yeah, it's eaten up in the, in the White Wars. Um, Marina, she predicted, uh, Southampton win and, uh, draw with Newcastle, but not a direct score. So that gives us four more points to put out on nine. Um, Gemma again predicted the Saints win and, uh, draw. Also given her four points, put her on eight. Um, Abby predicted the Saints win, but, uh, well, she predicted the Saints win for both. So she only gets two points, leaving her with four. And Caitlin predicted a Saints win against Newport and a draw against Newcastle, giving her four points, getting her on the board. So, yeah, Marina nine, Gemma eight, Abby on four and Caitlin on four. Excellent. Um, Super six, round five, was won by Colin Carter with 16 points. Um, And the overall lead is with Colin Carter on 54 points. I currently sit in seventh place on 39 points, if you are interested. 
Uh, there's, there's over 50 people in our league now. So if you want to join, you still can. Um, your points will roll over. Don't forget, um, the, the code is YZLCSM. You can find that on our Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever. Just look it up and join our league. Uh, fantasy football, Kev? Yes. How's it going? Um, not particularly well at the moment. I've got 37, uh, which is bang on average for this week so far. Ward Prowse on the bench, not a good idea. Uh, Tony finally scored and uh, he was also on my bench. Oh, I had uh, Tony in the starting 11. Yeah, not happy with that at all. Um, yeah, any successes other than that for you? Um, Salah for me I put him as my vice captain and I made Danny Ings captain I did exactly the same oh okay um, but uh, yeah Salah got me 10 Ings got me got me 8 um, Diaz another clean sheet always a good thing because my name is obviously Payne and Diaz he got me 6 uh, Tony got me 6 Bamford 2 Rafinha 2 but they're still playing right now um, and um, I've also Man United and, and Wolves are kicking off in a bit and I've got Wambasaka, Maguire um, and Fernandez still to play. Um, so hopefully I've got more points. But at the moment, I'm on 41. Mm, um, yeah, that puts you somehow... I mean, you are 10th in our podcasters league. You'll probably jump above me into at least 9th. Yeah, Mitrovic. Yeah, Matt Markstein. We will have to kick him out at some point. He's too good. Um, <laughs> in our big league, which is getting very big if I do see some myself. Uh, we've got 112 now. Wow. Uh, yeah, Matt Markstone is, is fourth. Ahead of him is uh, Chino Orieno's Newcastle United, Nottingham Forest of uh, Harko Suminar, and uh, Bobby Brown's Magic Saints are back again. Ah, oh, nice one, Bobby. Um, is that it for fantasy? I think so. Okay, uh, have you got a Russian phrase for me this week? Um, yeah. Wow, you're prepared. Um, sort of. So, by Shaya Vasmyorka. Bolshaya Vosnyoka. That's good. Uh, it means it means the big eight, or I suppose a uh, big group of eight. Uh, so that's what they call the G8 here. But we've got eight goals, and we've got eight new players. So eight is the number of the day. Eight out of ten goals. Okay. Um, just a reminder before we go, um, if you appreciate what we do and feel you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Um, we would really, really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who's donated so far. Cheers. Cheers. Um, next week, we're not here. Uh, we have a week off. Uh, what will you be doing, Mush? New academic year starting. So, yeah, I'll be incredibly busy sorting all of that out. I shall be de-stressing. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some work to do on the flat as well. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be nice and distressing. <laughs> yes. But yeah, okay, so we'll catch up with you uh, on the 12th of September. So uh, until then, up the Saints. Up Mid Southampton. Up the Saints. Up Mid Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.